0: The Socialist Correspondent is an anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist journal. It supports all those fighting for peace and socialism. Podcast 82. Britain's War in the Ukraine. From the start of the conflict, Britain was first among European NATO states to give lethal assistance to the Ukraine, and this has continued. In December 2022, Britain led the formation of a joint expeditionary force of the Nordic Northern Neighbours Group of 10 countries. Rishi Sunak affirmed an increase of military and financial support to £2.3 billion and committed to the same, if not more, in 2023. This compares to the EU funding of €3.1 billion. Britain is paying the Ukrainian army, structuring funds to the Ukraine through loans and grants, facilitating borrowing from the World Bank. The UK is the second biggest military contributor to the Ukraine. Among arms being given are next-generation light anti-tank weapons, javelin handheld rockets, Starstreak satellite equipment, Stormer, Samson, Scimitar, Wolfhound, Husky and Mastiff armoured vehicles, 84,000 helmets, Brimstone 2 missiles, and M270 multiple launch rocket systems, M109 howitzers, and Black Hornet nano-unmanned aerial vehicles. Britain's leading companies involved are BAE, Babcock and Rolls-Royce, employing 70,000 people worldwide. The military-industrial complex is budgeting to 2026, which suggests this conflict may last another three years. History informs us, That Britain has a long engagement in the region. Following the 1917 October Revolution, Churchill persuaded President Woodrow Wilson to abandon isolationism and join the intervention of 13 countries to bring down the Bolsheviks. Britain sent troops to northern Russia and the Ukraine, collaborating with remnants of the Tsarist army. The conflict caused huge damage. With 10 million Soviet citizens killed. Dissatisfied by the failed intervention, Britain continued to undermine the Soviet government by assassination attempts on Lenin and other Bolshevik leaders. However, the influence of the British working class was instrumental in obliging the UK government to recognise the USSR in 1924. Trade and the League of Nations were important avenues for cooperation. Yet there emerged further attempts to subvert the Soviet Union. Following Hitler's ascent to power, MI6 enjoyed a cordial relationship, exchanging information on communism with the Gestapo, till October 1937. It was at this time MI6 started backing the Ukrainian nationalist movement. In 1946, after the Nazis' defeat... MI6 continued to sponsor the underground movement of Bandera and his organisation of Ukrainian nationalists operating in the USSR. Bandera's organisation collaborated with the Nazis and murdered up to 100,000 Poles in 1943, an event condemned as genocide by the Polish Parliament and the European Parliament. The anniversary of Bandera's birth was recently widely celebrated by the Zelensky regime, including in a tweet... ...from the Ukrainian parliament. The Labour government issued work permits... ...to 35,000 Ukrainian former prisoner of war... ...who had fought against the Red Army. They became the core... ...of the Anti-Communist Association of Ukrainians, the AUGB... ...which established branches active... ...in expounding Ukrainian nationalism. Prior to 2020... ...about 32,000 Ukrainian-born British citizens plus another 30,000, were registered with the AUGB and the Ukrainian Institute in London, supported by the UK Foreign Office. The latter was formed in 1979 by a Ukrainian priest, Joseph Slipky, who had served time in a Soviet jail for collaborating with the Nazis. The organisation has a well-funded network in Britain. Their website offers details on how to contact MPs councillors, the media, etc., to build support for the Ukraine. The Ukrainian Institute and the AUGB are members of the anti-communist World Ukrainian Congress and the European Congress of Ukrainians. Commitment to the Ukraine by Britain dates from 1993, when President Kravchuk visited London following Thatcher's visit to Kiev in 1986. Military cooperation started in 1994 when the Duke of Gloucester led a Ministry of Defence delegation to the Ukraine for joint military exercises in the Black Sea near Ochakov. Following the illegal overthrow in 2014 of the elected Ukrainian president, Britain's Ministry of Defence initiated Operation Orbital starting in 2015 and training 22,000 Ukrainian soldiers near Lvov. Between 30 and 75 British military advisers worked in Ukraine, assisting in intelligence and expanding the Ukrainian armed forces and police. Additionally, the UK-led Operation Interflex involved 250 paratroopers from the 16th Air Assault Brigade in joint exercises with Estonia. UK jets were located in forward bases in Cyprus and Poland. According to a former Ukrainian security service SBU officer Vasily Prozorov, quote, "When Zelensky visited London, he secretly met with Richard Moore, the head of MI6, on the 12th of October 2020. And London proposed the training of officers for sabotage who knew English and Russian and had been trained at Russian military colleges." End quote. They established a UK military base at Ochakov on the Black Sea. No less than the US, British intelligence treat Ukraine as a colony, using territory for operations. According to Ukrainian Pravda, in the talks between Moore and Zelensky, three subjects were discussed. First, attacking corruption, taking control of the state apparatus, including courts. Second, the approach to Russia. And third, controlling Zelensky's circle. On the 21st of June 2021, an agreement was signed between Britain and the Ukraine on board HMS Defender at Odessa, which specified the provision by Britain to Ukraine of missiles, two mine hunter vessels and eight warships, as well as the building of a new naval base in the Sea of Azov. The following day, en route between Odessa and Batumi in Georgia, HMS Defender made an incursion into Russian waters of three kilometres when it was intercepted by two patrol boats and an SU-24 fighter plane which fired warning shots across the defenders bows accordingly the boat left russian waters however according to a bbc reporter on board the crew were on action stations before they left odessa on the 27th of june classified mod documents were discovered that proved this was a planned event As from March 2022, the Ukraine's intelligence, security and counterintelligence have been under the guidance of MI6 for organising sabotage in the Donbass and Russia. British intelligence is protecting the tunnels through which arms are transported into the Ukraine and which are crucial to supplying of lethal weapons from NATO. The UK has been suspected of being involved in several major operations attacking the Moskva ship, the Sevastopol naval base, the Crimea bridge and field operations in the Donbass. One of the most significant, however, was the blowing up of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines in September 2022. Last summer, a US aircraft carrier, Kearsarge visited the Estonian Minisadam Navy base and took part in the Baltops naval exercises near the Danish island of Bornholm. The exercises, close to the pipeline location, involved deep-sea divers and helicopters. At the time of the three explosions at both pipelines, a military aircraft from a German airfield circled the pipeline three times and then landed at a Polish aerodrome. A few minutes after the explosions, the then British Prime Minister Truss texted the Secretary of State Blinken on her mobile phone, It's done. Intercepts of radio traffic were analysed by the Russian Ministry of Defence, who accused the Royal Navy of planning and carrying out the attack on the 26th of September. Britain was also involved in launching a drone attack on the Sebastopol naval base. Russian intelligence has reported that MI6 were involved in troop assaults on the Zaporizhia nuclear power station last summer and that British commandos were recently involved in the Kherson Oblast. Their role appears to be planning and leading small groups in special operations rather than taking part in large-scale battles. It has been acknowledged by Lieutenant General Robert McGowan that British troops are operating in the Ukraine. The numbers include 350 commandos, ostensibly to protect the British embassy. However, there has been no denial of combat activities against Russia. It is disturbing that there have also been reports of attempted fake Russian chemical weapons attacks, similar to what happened in Syria. According to intercepts in January 2023, the Royal Navy is planning to launch missiles on Russian targets in the Far East. As NATO and the US are increasing military spending in 2023, and Russia is militarising its economy, it is unlikely the war will end soon. Merkel and Holland's confessions that they were lying in signing the Minsk agreements in 2015 damage Russian confidence that Western states are trustworthy in negotiations. Merkel said in an interview that the purpose of Minsk was to buy time for Ukraine to rearm, and, therefore, not to achieve a peaceful resolution of the disputes with Russia. In Britain, as elsewhere in Europe and the US, the war is imposing a huge effect on economic life and living standards. The Financial Times states that the UK in 2023 is going to endure the deepest recession of all the G7 countries. The consequences of dwindling social spending, increasing strikes and public discontent prove that the conflict is unsustainable for Britain and other NATO states. If you'd like to read more or to subscribe to the journal, you can do this via our website at www.thesocialistcorrespondent.org.uk.